0: You're listening to Trot the Egging, hosted by John Hetherington, working with Witness Rugby Union Football Club, sponsored by Boydells. This week's rugby story belongs to a lad who was a ball-playing bat roller that enhanced every environment he was involved in. Played for clubs such as Lee Bradford, Witness and Barrow, and represented Ireland internationally. He coached at Toronto, Lee and Pilkington Rex. He's currently running Kurt Haggerty Elite Coaching Academy, where he helps shape the next superstar. Ladies and gents, Mr. Kurt Haggerty. All right, Kurt, so how were you with the family, mate?
1: Yeah, all good. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got a little boy and a little girl, five and three, so uh, they keep me very busy. And uh,
0: you, So before we get stuck into your rugby story, where was home for a young Kurt and who lived with you?
1: So I, w- I was born in Heath, as, as a when I was young with me mum, my dad and my older brother, Gareth. Right. And um, I ended up moving, going towards like the other end of St. Helen's where I grew up more, my mum mainly.
0: OK, so was it was it competitive with you and Gaz, or did you just get on like house on fire? How was it young in the young days?
1: Oh, no, it, it, it was difficult when I was young, <laughs> because the age gap between me and my brother was eight years, well, it is eight years, so okay. there's always been a big gap. And obviously, my dad was an ex-professional, my brother was a professional, and you know, I was a I was a young man, so I was always looking up at them as well. So yeah, we've always been a household of rugby league, and so yeah, there was always that competitive edge there, even though we wasn't relatively close.
0: Yeah, so so you've just touched on it, but was it always going to be rugby, mate, or did you enjoy your kickabout with a football? Was the cricket? How was it? sport No, there was uh, there, there
1: was fo- there was obviously rugby and football. So I was I actually took part. In a youth club called the, it was like a naughty boys' youth club in Padding where I lived at the time, and a few of my mates were naughty boys at the time. <laughs> so, I ended up playing on this football camp, and I got scouted for Everton, right? And I, um, I went to this like main camp and got selected to go on and train for him, but I uh, I ended up saying no because they had a scholarship at St. Helens at the time, so I ended up turning it down. But I had a real interest from Everton to go down there,
0: right? So, what, what position wise at football
1: was you? I was, I was more like a centre mid variant when I went to the cab, more of like a centre back. Yeah. yeah.
0: And where was your playing position wise rugby league at that age?
1: I was always more of like a loose forward, I would say, coming through yeah. young. Maybe a little bit of back rotary, but mainly I would say as a loose forward.
0: Right. So when you're starting out in rugby league, mate, right, is the third, because the 13 roles changed a lot, hasn't it? But was it more like you were a carrier rather than a, a ball player back then?
1: Well, uh, what I would say is I was never the biggest, so I always had, I had that pass to, to almost get me out of trouble too, Right. so I always kind of, always played a little bit because I wasn't quite big enough to go and play that role of a front row playing loose forward, so I always had to have that pass in my locker.
0: Yeah, and they did enjoy the fact that it gave you the freedom to do that rather than, because the front row back then mate, you were just carting it up weren't you and it wasn't really a ball playing position.
1: Oh, God, yeah, when I was younger, you, you you wasn't really set in a position. I was all over the bloody field. I probably had a foot wing at one point.
0: <laughs> yeah. it off, mate. So, what junior school did you go in? Was, was sport college there?
1: Uh... So, the one that I spent most of my time at is a school called Queen's Park in St. Ellings, up near uh, Rivington. And the rugby league was was massive there and also football. But I had a, a teacher at the time, a PT, it's called Mr. Williams, who, um, who was brilliant with me and obviously probably seen potential in me. So we had a very good relationship with him and which made me fall in love with PE. Yeah. So that, that really did help me with my rugby in particular, like being close to me PE teacher in primary school.
0: Right, mate. So we'll touch on what you do now later on, but do you think maybe getting on with someone in a guidance role back then has maybe shaped what you've done at the back end of your career, like helping others? So do you think that's influenced your future choice? Because you, you, you're now helping shape the future now, aren't you? And, you're giving kids elite culture. So has that PE teacher maybe brought that out in you you can see what it can do for lads and girls now?
1: Yeah, it's a fair question, that, actually. It's something i probably never thought of, but the more and more I think about it, people like me, old PE teacher, probably had a massive influence in the love of the game for me and how just encouraging people and players to enjoy the game first and be a good person and behave probably really, really helped me because I didn't really have my dad around a lot at the time and my brother was a lot older than me. So people like like me, me teach was really important to me without actually probably really knowing until later on in life.
0: Yeah, fair play, mate. So when did you begin playing club rugby? And who oh, was it for?
1: God, well, I was real young, probably talking around five or six. Yeah. I think my mum said I absolutely hated it. <laughs> but, uh, it. It was for Blackbrook Royals. I played for Blackbrook all the way up until around maybe 15 years old and I actually left and went to Pilkington Rex.
0: Right. So, how, how does that move come about?
1: To be honest, I, I was uh, I was one of them kids when they were younger, I was always one of the better players, and I'd signed yeah. a scholarship for St Ellen's at like 11 years old, we're like there was like three or four of us, another one was Kyle Eastman, dude would signed one from with from yeah. um, I think it was Olden St Anne's, so me and Kyle was on the scholarship from like 11 years old together. Right. So, but then as you get older and your body changes, I wasn't playing as well as I should have been. I wanted to play out with my mates more, and I had more mates at Pilks at the time than I did at Blackbrooks, so and that was a big indicator for me to leave.
0: Right, fair enough, mate. Because it's like I you, you've coached a mate, of man like in Mike Garretty at Pilk's, but I just I can't imagine that divide gets crossed a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I coached Mike's at Piltrex a long time yeah. ago, Yeah, he wasn't yeah. convert. One of the converted from the union side. He was, he was he's a, great. Yeah. He's, he's, he was great to coach.
0: So, with you getting signed pretty early, mate, was you were obviously involved in town team trials and things like that. So, do you remember much about going the town team trial and what's the process if you remember, mate?
1: and all honesty, I can't remember the process, but what I do remember right. is loving playing for town team. It was something I was I was always very proud of doing when I was younger. I always I, I enjoyed representing the town and. And I think we had a Northwest as well. There was like town Northwest counties and getting up before yeah. four camps after that. But was something I, I really enjoyed. It just gave you that that snippet of what it's like to to go on and be professional and really compete at the highest level, even at junior level. It's something I, I really enjoyed.
0: No, well, that's fair enough, mate. So, did you do quite a few regional camps and stuff on the back of that? Did you?
1: I'm trying to think about. I think I only maybe did one or two. Yeah, I didn't yeah. box, Like I said, there's the olders have got. I got in in regards to me, me junior life, going out was with, with my mates was the priority to rugby. Rugby was coming secondary, which, which probably deteriorated on my rugby a little bit.
0: Okay, mate. Well, it, it happens, isn't it? It's part and parcel of growing up, and we, we all we all take different paths, and it's worked out for you in the end, which we'll touch on. But how did you find the transition from juniors to high school, mate? And how did was school something you enjoyed?
1: Well, it's funny answer because I actually. I went to a school in Par, and I said my previous primary school was in Rivington. So I went to a high school where I think I knew one lad in the whole year who used to play rugby with a Black box so it was really daunting to me. Right. Then after two years at that school, the school actually shut down through her bad behaviour and truancy, That the school really dipped in its in its standards. So we ended up moving to a school called Haydock, which I had a lot of my friends at Pilch playing for, so that really helped. Okay.
0: So I was the I was the standard of school rugby to your club rugby mate.
1: Oh, miles apart, world was apart. It, it was uh, just a lot of your mates playing, and we had a few who played at Pilks as well. But we wasn't like a Cowley or or even a Rainford or a St Augustine's. We was just a school of you know it was we just played because we enjoyed rugby and we was all together.
0: Yeah. So did that maybe make it more enjoyable than the club game? Because you play you played for two clubs there that are at the top top end of the standard club wise so it can be it can become a bit more serious than enjoyable I suppose at them ages can't it
1: oh god yeah it was great I just enjoyed playing with my mates especially mates who didn't play for like a club team so the lads who just went to school and just had a -a knockabout because it was all together yeah some good memories
0: so mate so was was union ever something at your school made you do or
1: Never, I've never played rugby union at any level. I've actually never even had a training session at rugby union. It's something I always, I was always interested in trying to, but no, I never come across union in my time.
0: All right, mate, fair enough. So, with with you touching base at LSH and you know, have they never had a little word in your ear to go and have a go, or has it always just been about coaching, really?
1: Oh, no, no. They always ask me to come down to do the odd sessions and yeah. what they help out, which I'm always willing to do, but. No, it was mainly just about running my business down there. Fair enough, mate. Not
0: a bad setup for it either, is it?
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a bloke there called H who looks after me, and you know it's a great, great ground, and it's got steeped in history. So I'm quite lucky that I can use the facilities there.
0: Right, mate. So with you signing for Saint so young, how how did that work, mate? Do you remember much about that? And was there any other clubs interested through school, or did was it pretty well known that you were already attached?
1: Well I, ordered, well, I signed at St. Tellings on a scholarship at like 11 years old. and so I think I was yeah. attached to the club till like 15. Then obviously I fell away a little bit. Then it was actually Lee Centurions who were signed for around, was it around 17? I just started playing open age, around 16, 17 years old. Right. But it was actually Lee Centurions who the academy at the time was in Super League. So we actually signed for Lee Centurions Academy that was in Super League. So that's where yeah. my, my real professional journey started from. Then I ended up back at St. Tellings.
0: Right. So was was the scholarship something you enjoyed, or again was it something you possibly took a bit for granted? With you, like you said, falling away a little bit.
1: Oh god, yeah, you, you don't realise what you had until it's kind of gone. But no, it was a time. It was a time when I probably valued going out on my fence more than my rugby. But ultimately, it worked out in the end.
0: Yeah, no, it does. It's perseverance, mate, isn't it? So, how did signing for Lee come about, and what persuaded you Lee was the place for you?
1: Uh, to be honest, he actually um, He was really good They took me to show me around the stadium They took me to one of the games And then basically they just, they just won me around really And that's when I'd signed for Lee in the academy I think I ended up playing a couple of games in the reserves as well Which, 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 was, which was good because I was so young But I still had a bit of a sniff at the reserves as well So that was good
0: Yeah, so you, you enjoyed that, that year there then, mate,
1: yeah? Yeah, I did, yeah I can't remember if I'd seen the year out I think I may have just seen the year out this Until he signed me back
0: Right so, what, what happens with that?
1: Do yeah, you I have think, to I seek
0: think, a release? I don't like that, mate.
1: Uh, I think my contract was up and I think Lee wanted to keep me and almost promote me like a young squad number into their first team. Right. But they, they were at the Championship at the time and the Academy was in Super League. Yeah. But St Helens got back in touch and um, they said, would you come back? She obviously played against St Helens that year as well. And, so, it was an no brainer for me. Really. It was always my plan to try and get back there in some capacity. So, So, that really helped.
0: Yeah, and, and what was it like walking back in? Was the lads still there that you were on scholarship with? And was there a lot of change, or was it just like being back
1: home? Uh, I was back home, same old faces, same old coaches, yeah. same players with, with, with a, with a sprinkling of new ones. But no, it was, it was great. I loved my time in the Academy of St. Helens.
0: Right, mate. So, how, um, how did the Blackpool move come about?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it's funny, I don't talk about Blackpool a lot. <laughs> Sorry, Something mate. Like, it, it feels like it never happened, it was so yeah. strange. I, so basically, my contract had finished at St. Helens, and I didn't do enough to earn a first-team squad number at the time, so I said, right. look, I, they offered me another contract for reserves. And I said, look, I'll just go and give it a go. So I went and signed for Blackpool, and I think it was at League One at the time, but they was trying to get promoted to the championships, so they, was, they was going big on a recruitment drive. So I'd signed yeah. sign for the for, for Blackpool Panthers. And we actually did okay. We went to Leeds in the Challenge Cup and actually put up a good fight. And financially, we uh, and finance and come out okay from it. But <laughs> the owner at the time had kind of took the money from the Leeds game and stopped paying wages. So I did actually finish the season out. And right. Winders, Winders come in and signed me from there. Yeah.
0: So was it ever... When you go somewhere, you, you t- I imagine you get a feel. So was there the feeling there that that type of thing was going to happen, or did it, did it feel like he was giving it a real good go and seeing where it could go?
1: To be honest, I was so young and probably so naive towards it. I was just uh, playing semi-professional rugby against men, yeah, earning my stripes and getting a bit of cash in my pocket, so I was happy. I didn't really see that side of it then. I was probably too young to understand it. But as soon as I had the opportunity, when was coming, it was coming, uh, that was a no-brainer for me.
0: Right, so... Talk us through how that come about, mate. Who approached her, uh, who persuaded you, who represented you? Because I presume it was you and you and somebody, isn't it? Because, like you said, you're still a young lad at this stage.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, when I'd left some tellings, I'd gone with a bloke called Dave P2, still knocking about now. And he's oh, uh, Petey, yeah, Peter, yeah. yeah. Well, I still speak to him now. So, yeah. I actually was with Dave a long, long time ago, and he probably had a, a part in him going to Blackpool. I think I'm sure he did. Right. And I'm sure he did in regards to the witness deal. But at the time, I think it was Paul Cullen who signed me at witness. Paul yeah. Cullen, Telly O'Connor.
0: Right. And with such big figures in the game, which they are, mate, whether people like it or not, aren't they? It's, it must be nice, a nice little feeling that they've come after you. And I presume we showed you around and we promised you, not the world, but maybe half the world.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. It was. My yeah. brother was there at the time too. So that, that was a big... Um, a big uh, big part of me signing at Windows because we were so the age gap between me and Dan was so big but with him being at the club it was an opportunity to actually play alongside him which which was something that I wanted to do and then obviously I'd spoke to to Terry and I'd spoke to to Paul Cullen and again it was local for me the club had ambition to get back to Super League at that time and I still wanted to be because a lot of people said I wouldn't play Super League after West lesson Tellings. So, okay. um, so for me to go to witness, it was a chance for me to go and play Super League, which which did eventually happen, which was which was incredible for me.
0: Yeah. So, did did you use people saying things like that as motivation, mate, or are you something that just takes that with a pinch of salt and do what you do anyway?
1: Oh no, absolutely. It was motivation. Was it? Was, it? it yeah. It was absolutely because one of the side of Blackpool Panthers, there's a lot of people who were saying that it, 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 there's no way back when you go back down there, but you know, the rest is history, as they say.
0: Yeah, it's a bit rude as well, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Again, yeah. It, they, they helped me, so I will, uh, <laughs> in, in, in a bizarre strange way, be thankful to them.
0: Yeah. So, what stands out from your time at Witness, mate? Any memories, big games, good signings, arguments, team bonding sessions? What stands out for
1: you? Oh, probably all of them all rolled in one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, making my Super League debut Witness was probably the big one for me.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's so... a game ne- I'll never forget.
0: Yeah, I'm, so I say it's a guess we've had on, mate. I'm a bit sentimental, so I'd have probably kept that jersey, maybe got a programme. Is that something you do, through, what you've done throughout your career? Have you kept them first jerseys or your first island jersey and stuff
1: like that? Oh, absolutely. I've got my World Cup jersey, I've got my first Bradford Bulls top jersey, and I've got my first Super League appearance jersey, mate. They're the big ones yeah. that I've got, I'll, I'll, I'll treasure.
0: Yeah, good stuff, mate. So at the back end of you, spell it with this, mate. You played for Ireland, didn't you? So, how, how does that happen and who has to look into like, Ancestry and stuff for that to happen? Or
1: Well, I'd actually left Widness when, when I got this. It was quite uh, interesting, really. So, I'd left Witness, yeah, and I'd actually ended up signing for Barrera up in Cumbria. Right. I just, just played there for half the season. Then it was um, Mark Aston who'd rang me. And they said, "Look, I want you in the World Cup squad." So I'm like, "Hang on a minute, here. I'm playing for Barrow. You've got Ladder in the NRL in Super League, top end championship. I was playing for the worst team in the championship, yeah. But they still wanted me to play for in the World Cup." So I thought it was incredible, really. So it was something I was very, very proud of. And the ancestry wise, my brother had previously played in the previous World Cup, yeah. so I was almost just pushed, pushed. was pushed in easily for me because our Gareth has already gone through heritage.
0: Sound. So that come on the back of signing for Barrow did it. So I'll. How did the time at Witness end, and was it like on a night on a nice note, and was it a contract expiry, or?
1: Well, no, I'd um I'd gone to Witness. I played the year in Super League, but I'd yeah. actually got suspended right late on in the season, and I never really recovered back getting the well. I don't know how to put. It. I got suspended, and I basically lost my contract through suspensions. Being a young man, just uh, messing up a little bit,
0: right. And then Barra come along and give you that sort of maybe not a lifeline but a chance to kick start,
1: maybe. Well, yeah, I would say it was a lifeline at the time because nobody really wanted to touch me. And Barra did when that just come out of the police and they took a gamble, yeah. And, I know, uh, right. yeah.
0: and And how was your spell there, mate? Was it something you enjoyed? Was it going, yeah, back, yeah. going back to just playing with a group of lads that want to play rather than again, like stats here, stats there, breaking teams down?
1: Well, no, because we, there was no real expectation of Barrow in the Championship at the time. Yeah. So, it's something that I really enjoyed. I ended up going on being the goal kicker that year and, uh, you know, uh, scoring tries. And, just yeah, basically just enjoying it again. And God. We ended up staying up. I actually helped the team to stay up that year. So, I think it, it was something that's not happened a lot at Barrow when they got up. Because they usually flutter from Championship to League yeah. 1. But we managed to keep the team up in the Championship.
0: Good stuff. We all like a loose forward that can dodge, mate, don't we?
1: Oh, easy, mate, easy. <laughs> there's not enough anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how does, because around that time you started coaching Pilks, didn't you? So how does, how does combining that travelling or playing semi-pro rugby with coaching?
1: Yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was tricky. Like, when, I, when I reflect now and I think back, I almost valued coaching more than in my playing career. That's why I, I almost feel I never kicked on really in my career. Yeah. They always valued coaching more in regards to, to the amateur side and knowing that he had a progression path within within coaches, which some of them probably committed more to than actually playing.
0: Fair enough. So you, could you? Would you possibly say you got a, probably more of a more of a buzz out of the coaching than really?
1: Yeah, do you know what? In in a, in a strange way, probably yeah.
0: Yeah, because you. What you done at Bilks is nothing short of like incredible, isn't it? And let's not be around the booster, but a good side. But you've come and you sort of transformed them, haven't you? Well, you you did do and lads like stuck around. They imagined it, It's hard for the amateur game, isn't it? It's like the turnovers pretty big because people have got lives to live, families, work. But you've sort of kept that spine together from what Mike was saying, and you've really kicked on, didn't you, while still playing.
1: Yeah, thanks for that, mate. Appreciate that. No. Yeah, it was. So I took over him. It was still we was winter, so I converted with them from winter yeah. to summer. Right. And we ended up going from Division Three promotion, Division Two promotion, Division One promotion, straight to the Prem. So yeah, it was. It was quite quite a journey, and yeah, I managed to keep majority of the team together, and uh, we actually went on and achieved some, some some very good things. I I, I like to think I'll always be in Pilch's history.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's not to be underestimated, is it, mate? Because they're solid standards, then what? What them, like, and yourself have gone on and cracked, really. And from, like I've said, I can all hear off Mike and a couple of the lads that have come and watched, mate, that they, they loved it on the other. So, it is coaching amateur lads compared to coaching professional lads, is it easier, if that makes sense? Uh,
1: that's interesting. What I would say with amateur lads is they want to be there.
0: That's yeah. That's what I imagine's the easy part, isn't it?
1: Because they love they love the sport. They're playing with the mates and and they they also want to win. But the the thing at amateur is you just got to be careful. <laughs> try not to cross that line of going too far professional. Which I probably flirted with a little bit with the pilts because I knew I wanted to go on the course professionally. So I always dip me toe with him of what it would look like professionally so he had to learn me a lot of lessons but it's a fine balance to keep it amateur yeah so do you,
0: it's about maybe not being too serious you reckon, so that's what kept what's up there, like you said fundamentally it's about the love of playing and playing with your mates because I know a lot of players say yeah, I'm playing with my mates but they tend to be, you probably see a bit more of them than you see anybody else don't you
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I probably say I went the other way. I probably went more to the side of being serious, and you you, you can be almost become as a, a team that will be steeped in the history of Pilk Click. So that was always my big driving force for the team, and we had some some fantastic achievements in the Challenge Cup and yeah. going on and beating London Scholars and going and playing Halifax at, at Langtree Park and the 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 back to back to back promotion. So I always said, yeah, let's have fun, but let's not kid ourselves we're here to win to be steeped in this history of this club so we all, like I said it was a fine balance to try and to yeah. obtain
0: that's fair enough mate and then you returned to Lee so how did that come about and was PT a big part in that as well
1: do you know what? I'm not sure at that time if I was still using Dave I couldn't tell you but what I right. do you know is I had a good relationship with the assistant coach at the time which was Simon Finnegan yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, actually re-signed at Barrow but then Lee had come in and said, "Look, come to us. We'll send Barrow four players for you. Then you come to Lee. So luckily, Lee had agreed. Er, sorry, Barrow. Barrow had agreed to let me go to Lee. Yeah. And they had four players from Lee. It's not
0: got bad business, that is it?
1: No, no. So yeah. it was great for me. I went on and won the the grand final and two league leaders' shields in the two three years I was there, which was great.
0: Right. So what? What about Lee kept you going back, and what what's Again, who stood out for you and was it signings? Was it the fact that if if one went in you all sort of went in, didn't you? you just could play rugby, but you just weren't scared of throwing one either.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you heard it, yeah, we we were a good team, but we also knew we were, we were very very physically good. So yeah people re- we we was part time the first year we won it, people say we were full time, it wasn't we were part time. The coach at the time was Paul Rowley, yeah. who just struck a fine balance of just playing on that edge, but also playing very attractive rugby, and it certainly worked for us.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely did, didn't it? And if there's not a lot of teams you can play, but there's there's a lot of teams you could certainly out physical and bully, couldn't you? So if you had to, you could resort to that, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
0: yeah. all waiting for in it. <laughs> yeah. So you signed for Bradford, mate, and Bradford had a massive club. How does that happen, and how does it make you feel that a club like that is coming in for you?
1: Yeah, I'd probably say of all the clubs I've played for and the journey that I've been on, that's the one club where I felt like you're in a special place. You knew you was you was at a place that's just steeped in history and there's been success there. And I actually really, really loved my time at Bradford. And uh, the, the, Dave was helping me at the time actually when I went to the Bulls and I signed for the Bulls. I actually went on really cheap money because he needed a back row. Jimmy Law said, "Oh yeah, I like, I like, I could like, bring him in." Yeah. But we ended up going up. And end up playing all year. And would actually signed a new two-year deal after after my first year there. Right. And like I, I loved my time at the Bulls, and there were some good players up there, like Lee Gaskell and Matty Blythe, Adam Sidlow, and like Hammy Lewaki. There were some really good players. Yeah. Who who you know who were respected, and we had a good time up there. We just missed out on the, the top four, I think. So that was a bit of a bit of a tough time for the club. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it that much. a re-signed a new deal there.
0: Right, so what what happened with that because you you weren't there long, was you? You well, you retired to become a coach, mate, full time.
1: Yeah, that's where the, the, the whole journey started really, so I'd re-side at the Bulls and then I'd spoke to Simon Finnegan and Paul Rowley once again, and they said, look, we've got this thing going at Toronto. It's it's a bit on the quiet at the moment. Yeah. But it, it could be something big. We know you want a coach. We know you've signed a new deal at the Bulls. You've still got loads of playing time left in you. But it's an opportunity, and I thought, oh, Christ. This, this, I always knew it was going to come at some point. Yeah. I just didn't think it'd be that soon. So it probably took me around three weeks to make the decision. Then at right. the time, I had a coach at Bradford called. It was Rowan Smith. The laws we'd gone they we had a fantastic relationship with him. And I told him the situation because he knew I had ambition to go on and coach. Yeah. He said you could go on one condition. He said as long as you never play for him. And I, and I stuck true to my words for him. I never played for him.
0: Oh, well, fair enough. So was was that some of the day with all your registration as a player but left you a free agent to coach, basically?
1: No, basically, he just turned up my contract and okay. just let me go. Bradford, Bradford were brilliant, to be fair, they yeah. were handle the situation really well and I'm very thankful for that.
0: For all the latest regarding Trot the Egging, please add John Hetherington on Facebook, at John Heath, Heth, H E T H on Twitter, at Trot the Egging on Twitter and Trot underscore D underscore egg underscore in on Instagram. You've been listening to Trot the Eggin'. Thanks to our sponsors by Dell Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Trot the in and Instagram at Trot underscore the underscore egg underscore in.